You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think it is genuinely just not caring what people think and also deciding that the choice that you want to make, as in the acting choice or the singing choice, is your choice alone. And you're never, ever going to know whether they they loved it or whether they hated it, especially in auditions and rehearsals, you will, because they'll tell you that was terrible. Don't do it again. But in auditions, they aren't going to know. So I think if you... If you have an idea for something, the thing that they're judging you on, I think, more than your ability as a singer or, or an actor is your choices. And I think if you make interesting choices, whether they be huge or tiny, just just trust that that is the choice that you want to make and not because you're worried that it's the choice that they want to see. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, go to the website builtforthestage.com and we'll be on our way with seven days where you can interact with your own Broadway fitness coach on an interactive app online. If you like the podcast, please rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. And special thanks to our producing team, the Broadway Podcast Network. All right, we're going to jump into our episode today with our special guest over in the UK. She's going to be making her West End debut playing Penny Pingleton in Hairspray. Welcome, Mary McGinley. Hi, Mary. You nailed it. <laughs> Hello, how are you doing? Doing so well. Thanks for being on the show. Um, can't wait to... Thanks for having me. Yeah, can't wait for our listeners to get to know you a bit. Um so first off, uh, rehearsals just started on Monday, correct? Yeah. Yes, for me, yes. Yeah. What's that been like to get back in person? Are you in person or doing this via Zoom? Yeah, in person, in person. Okay, so uh, after the pandemic fiasco and all that we've been through, what's it been like to be in a room full of your peers? It's uh, well, so far it's only been me and uh, the musical directors and supervisors and stuff, which has been wonderful and equally terrifying at the same time. I think everyone's sort of going in feeling the same way, like we're excited, but everything just feels a little bit foreign and odd. And I was speaking to someone recently and uh, they were saying how 
I was saying how I feel like I've tried to keep up the last year of, you know, keeping my fitness up and vocal fitness up and feeling ready. But there's, but he had said, there's just no place like the stage to be able to keep yourself up because I went into rehearsals and I came out like my mind was all over the place and I felt like I couldn't sing anymore and everything was horrendous. And I was like, I don't understand because I feel like I've been trying to keep it up. And he's like, it's just nothing is like, when you're actually doing it and being in it um but it's still exciting and wonderful and it's only going to get better and we're only going to get better and I hope I'm only going to get better but it's good as the long answer yeah. is, but it, it was exciting no I trust that you will for sure um <laughs> just just in the couple of days like each time you go back do you, I'm asking this question for our performers here in the States to put them at ease a little bit. Hopefully you help us with that <laughs> as each, as each day goes by, are you saying, okay, okay. I can see how like there's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be yeah, okay. Yeah, for sure. And it is totally like riding a bike, isn't it? And it's also like building your confidence back. I think more so than anything, it's not that we've necessarily lost or a spark or skill or whatever. It's just that we've lost the confidence and the ability that we can do it because we haven't done it for so long. <laughs> so it just took me, even today, having a singing lesson just before this, it, everything felt a little bit easier and a little bit easier each time. So I think it is all time as a as a healer in lots of senses. And I think the more we do it, the more it will feel natural to us again. So yeah, well, that's what I'm telling yeah. myself as well, not to get too worried about it. <laughs> exactly. Where are you originally from, Mary? I'm from a, a very small town called Falkirk, which probably nobody has heard of. Um, it's right in between so the big cities in Scotland, uh, which is Edinburgh and Glasgow. And Falkirk is right sort of in the middle. Uh, not much happens in Falkirk, but it's nice. It's a nice little town. Sure, sure. Is there any... I'm just trying to educate myself and, and our listeners here in the States. Uh, is local theater or regional theater something that you had to your access? Or is it pretty much, hey, if you want to do this, you got to move to London and that's all there is to it? There is, in the big cities like Edinburgh and Glasgow, there is regional theater. Um like we have the National Theatre of Scotland, which is also similar to the National Theatre in, in London. But I think there is still this element that if you want to do it full time and have enough work that is being bred, you kind of have to be, you don't have to live in London, but that's where, especially for musical theatre and theatre, that's definitely like the hub where everything is at. We had little amateur mm -hmm. theatre groups and stuff in Falkirk, um, but not anything that you would like... It can help you develop, but it wouldn't, it wasn't paid, like it was paid, like it wasn't paid. It was just, we were all 14 and playing around with musical theatre for the first time. Um, but yeah, at the, in the big cities in Scotland, I hate to think that, that people don't think there is anything happening in Scotland because there's definitely a bit of a stigma between theatre only happening in London and there's a bit of a snobbery about it. But there definitely is things happening regionally in the UK for sure. Yeah, that's been a big thing here where we've been trying to remind everyone that, uh, yes, the return of Broadway is amazing, but we also have all these regional theaters across the country that uh, need and are coming back as well. Yeah, for sure. And people need to support them as well, because in fact, they're the ones that need the support more than the the big guns. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 
Yeah, of course. Without without them, really, there wouldn't be a Broadway or a West End or, yeah. or any of that. When did you when did you make your decision? When did you make your decision per se, or when did you start to uh, really get serious about wanting to become a performer? I grew up in a very sort of strict religious background, and uh, church was just a big thing. So uh, we sang a lot in church and did lots of church plays, and I think it just always felt natural to me and I always used to get up and get told to do a song on Sunday and that would be my sort of performing thing and then as I did it I was like oh this is good and then my auntie one day um I think I was just performing to her randomly in the middle of her conservatory and my mum I think still to this day hates her for saying this but she just said you know you think you should audition for like a an amateur theatre group and my brain caught on to it and I just did not let it go until my mum let me do it um, because I think my mom, they're very old fashioned in the sense that anything too creative is going to be too difficult, especially as a, as a Christian or whatever, because they were very super religious. Um, but uh, and that was yeah. it. Yeah, I just latched on to the idea and I auditioned for little drama, uh, drama groups and things around the area. And um and that was that. And then I did it throughout high school. We didn't have a huge like musical theatre programme. I think in America, well, definitely over in Scotland and over in the UK, we have this ideal that American high schools are much more high school musical than, <laughs> than we are over here. Um, and then I auditioned for a, a high school sort of performing arts thing called the Dance School of Scotland, which is a wonderful place and it's government funded. So they only take good, good people. You know, it's not like a money place that takes in anyone and everyone. Um, and I just, yeah, mm. there and they just sort of train you and, and practice you and train you up to audition for full blown drama schools. So, so I had it going in me from when I was younger, but it wasn't until that age of like 16, 17, where my mum and dad finally laid off and they were just like, right, fine, we'll let you do it. We'll let you, we'll let you do it. And I just went ahead and auditioned for Dance School of Scotland and then it all just sort of went off from there. It's a long story. <laughs> so your persistence to continue, how, because I think this is a, a running through line or a theme with a lot of people out there as far as, you know, uh, going back and forth with parents or maybe your upbringing or like, are you really going to pursue a, a career in, in performance? Yeah. How, how can you, can we zoom in a little bit more on that? Or like what gave, did you just not have a choice? Was it so ingrained in you that like mentally you, it wasn't a matter of like, if it was just like, I'm doing this. Yeah. I think I honestly do think it was that. I think I'm very, very, stubborn and I didn't realize it and my mum used to talk about how stubborn I was but I just um once I decided I think I was a bit obsessive when I was younger or, or once I had decided something I had to do it and so once I decided I was I could do it and then I think I do remember that there was a, a turning point where I got old enough in in high school and I was getting asked to sing at every high school concert that they could that they could do. Like if they needed someone to quickly perform at this lecture tonight, they'd be like, oh, Mary, can you can you come down and sing that nice song that you sung? Um, and I think as I developed my own skill and my love for it, um, there was no other option. And I always felt people say, oh, performing is a really hard career to to pick. And it is. But um 
I always felt really grateful and privileged that I knew what I wanted to do. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I never had any, there was lots of people yeah. around me going, oh, should I go to university or should I stay and do a job or, you know, whatever. And I always felt so kind of smug in a sense that I just knew what I wanted to do and I was going to do it. Um, so maybe it was yeah. young, young cockiness or something that made me just, and I think also when you start yeah. to realise that, that you're good at it too, I was like, I feel like I've got to honour being good at it not that not that that's that's cocky but just just when people are saying oh you you you, when you sing you move me or when you do this you 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 make me feel something I was like oh okay so I must have I must have something if I'm making people believe it um much to my mum and dad's it made me sound like my mum and dad were really awful people they're not they're not at all I think they just saw that it was going to be really really hard and compromising as a as a as a christian or something yeah but but i, I just did it anyway. <laughs> you just did it anyway i just did it anyway hey drew scott here and i'm jonathan scott reminding you that life's better with a home policy from american family insurance they can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, let's uh, skip ahead now to you, to you booking your West End debut in uh, Hairspray. How was the rehearsal process for that? Did it take place during the, the pandemic or, or how, how, how was that for you? The rehearsal process. Sorry, the audition process. The audition process. I'm sorry if I said that. That's rehearsal. all right. Audition. I don't know. Maybe you said that. Yeah. Um, it, it was two th- it was, uh, my first one was August, 2019. So almost two years uh-huh. ago, I booked this job. Um, wow. Yeah, that's wow. mad. That is insane. And I remember at the time that they were worried about me being a bit old anyway, because I know that one of the girls I was up against towards the, the finals was actually 17 years old and I am 26. So it was nearly like a 10 year mm-hmm. age gap. Um, so I'm like, that's funny now because I was 24 when I auditioned for it and I'm going to be 26 now when we do it. So if you were worried about me being old in the first place, then hopefully I haven't aged too much in a year and a half to two years. Um, but it was good. We, I sung my own song and I just went in and I, and I thought this is such a role that that I felt was kind of one of the ones that I felt like I could smash. And once I had decided that, I was like, I'm just going to go in and be brave and do something wacky. And I think I sung I sung Natural Woman, Carol King, and I just did the most weirdly sexually-drived version 
of natural women I think there's ever been done. I remember just lifting my arms at one point and I just enjoyed it because I'd had a lot of auditions up to that point where I, f- I felt uh, a lot of pressure. Um, and I just went in and decided to be as wacky and as nuts as possible. And I think for Penny Pingleton, that kind of worked. And they must have just liked the stupid choices I was making. And and then it was just a couple of rounds after that of doing some of the material. And and that was it. It was pretty, it was pretty pain-free in general, um, which is nice. And they were... How did you get yourself to free to free up when you were saying like in the past I was a bit more reserved or in my head and you said Mm -hmm. now that you just kind of you just let you just let it go how did you for our listeners out there that might have that same complication how did you just let it go finally um I think it is genuinely just not caring what people think and also deciding that the choice that you want to make as in the acting choice or the singing choice is your choice alone and you're never ever going to know whether they they loved it or whether they hated it especially in auditions in rehearsals you will because they'll tell you that was terrible don't do it again but in auditions they aren't going to know so I think if you if you have an idea for something the thing that they're judging you on I think more than your ability as a singer or or an actor is your choices and I think if you make interesting choices whether they be huge or tiny just just trust that that is the choice that you want to make and not because you're worried that it's the choice that they want to see if that makes any sense at all um i think my best my best auditions i've done are ones where i've not worried so oh we know are they going to like that if i run in i remember i in the recall obviously penny in the script choose chewing gum all the time and I thought should I just bring in a piece of chewing gum or should I do it or should I maybe I shouldn't no because that looks cocky right if I bring in chewing gum and I just thought oh screw it I'll just I'll do it and I just pulled out a piece of chewing gum and did it in my mouth and I was like well even if they didn't like it I had a great time so I think you've just got to trust your own instincts yeah Yeah. Have you played a lot of comedic roles in the past? Because I think it's very funny uh, with our interview right now. It is it is our first time meeting one another, but there is this uh, bit of like groundedness and calmness to you where like, just <laughs> I think it would be funny to see you play Penny Pingleton after having met you because right now you're not you're not striking me as as Penny Pingleton, which is probably a huge uh, pat on the back and applause to you because you really are able to become someone that maybe you are perceived as, or maybe you're just fooling me. Maybe you are this big uh, goofy person. (laughs) I think I am. um, I don't know. I always do play the, the, the nut job character. I really do. (laughs) Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it is that thing that I've managed to find quite, early on to just let myself be great I am I am actually quite quirky and crazy I think I just try and be very professional and I want to come across really grounded um uh-huh. but I yeah no I do I do always play I the last character I played was in a play called uh, Night of the Living Dead which is based on the film but it was like a comedy version of it and I played Barbara and she just literally ran into doors and fell over and squeaked and I think these these squeaky quirky characters I tend to always get yeah maybe it is maybe it is just something about me but I mean I'm glad that I don't always come across like that because for a while when I graduated I felt like I was 
I wanted a route and I loved playing the character roles, but I do also really love dramatic roles. And I was worried that I wasn't going to take, be taken seriously because I do always sort of play the quirky roles. Um, but people always did say to me, oh, you're, you look too, you look too young and your soul is too old. So I was like, when am I going to match? <laughs> when am I going to match this? So maybe that's what you, you're sort of vibing off of me is that I am, I think I'm, yeah, I think I'm grounded, but maybe that's what makes me good at playing these weird roles because I have a an objective on them from a, an outside perspective, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, yeah, I think that the, if we go back to your audition and the chewing gum choice or just the choices of, of letting go, I think it's groundedness that could help you have the ability to be free because mm. if you if you weren't grounded then you don't have that uh core piece of you that allows you to truly tap into just letting go i don't yeah. know if that makes sense but no it does it makes total sense it makes total sense i think the more you understand something the better yeah so uh you're you get to work with michael ball in this production mm. yes Are you, uh, what <laughs> a little backstory. I'm a I'm a bit older than you are, um, but maybe like around ten years. But I remember growing up listening to Michael Ball sing uh, Marius in Les Mis, Les Mis. Uh, over wow. and over and over <laughs> and over again. So that's who Michael Ball has always been to me. Um, yeah. But I know I know that over there he's done uh, quite a bit of other things and done some TV work as well. What 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 are you are you looking? Uh, forward to have you ever met Michael I met him like so briefly um at this sort of half meet and greet that we had on the first day but it was so brief um but he's like a he's like a legend over here he's like a theater a tv a household personality he's everything and that's cool to see for an original sort of theater person as well because I don't think so much in the UK the bridge between theater and tv is so easy um, but he's on everything. He hosts our BBC radio musicals on a Sunday. He, he's on the one show, which is a TV sort of interview show that he does. Um, and I've just heard um, a lot of my friends have just finished doing Les Mis with him where he was Javert. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so he's he's playing Javert. Well, not now, but he was just. And they, they just think he's a dream and it's wonderful. and. <laughs> Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I've heard he's a character and a wonderful person to work with. So it's going to be great. Cool. Um, have Has the artistic team uh, addressed the cast at all? Just about like, uh, you're doing Hairspray and you're doing it in a time that, as I mean, I don't think it's never been a time where it's prevalent to our society, but mm. I think now more than ever uh it's an important message and you yeah. your your role especially yeah um breaks down those barriers um with your uh romantic opposite lead um has there been any like just talks about the messaging or 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 what if there's any other goals than just putting up an amazing production of hairspray mm. um i think because we're not fully into rehearsals yet and we haven't really addressed any of the the scenes or anything to get to that sort of juicy stuff, 
Um, we've not had formal conversations about it yet, but I think in general, all of us cast are very well aware of how well-timed the production is coming and how much of a of a joyful way to bring serial 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 of a joyful way way to bring serious conversations to light. And I think that's what Hairspray does. And I don't think that's sort of lost on any of us. Um, but I'm sure all of those things will be fully chatted about and addressed and 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 hopefully done in the the right way. Because I I mean yeah, I remember yeah. reading the the script this week and I was like there are some sort of lines that are very accurate of the era but not so much for today. Um but it addresses them even in the show it addresses how, you know, with the race issues and, and all sorts. Um so I just hope that we will do it right. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will do it right. We're all we're all very excited to to do it at this very point in time. And I think it's important at this very point in time as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we wish you the best and we hope you break a bunch of uh, legs over there in uh, the UK as you put on hairspray. Thank you so much for being on the the episode with us. And um, for everyone that's listening, just check out the description of this episode and you can find uh, Mary's Instagram handle and other places that you can uh, get to know uh, her more. So thanks so much for being on the episode. Thank you so much for having me. And it's lovely to speak to everyone across the pond as well to connect. Yes, yes. All right, everyone. That was Mary McGinley. And uh, you are listening to Built for the Stage podcast. Thanks so much. If you like the podcast, rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. This is Joe Roscoe. See you later. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.